Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacey Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Welcome, welcome. This week, I am so excited to get to introduce you to Laura Tolley, who is a wardrobe stylist, a dear friend, and also co-founder of Next Level Women Leaders, a women's leadership training company that Laura and I co-founded with our other dear friends, Abby Louie and Nancy Buffington. Now, this episode with Laura is all about the importance of wardrobe style. And yes, we are talking clothes, but it's really so much more than the the cotton or polyester or silk or whatever fabric you are you're wearing. I have learned from Laura over the last few years that we've been good friends what a huge impact what you wear has on your mindset and even your behaviors, your actions. I met Laura when I was uh, preparing for a TEDx talk and she just kind of blew my mind with the way that she sees beauty and style and taking up space. Laura is someone I really believe the world should hear more of. She is so smart. She is big hearted and she just exudes, I don't know, confidence and something really special. I, I know you, I know you'll know what I mean when you get done listening to this episode. Laura is just phenomenal. In addition to a lot of discussion about mindset and all of those types of things, we also cover practical stuff. So we talk about closet edit, what is that, and what are some steps that you can take toward more intentional style. Now you'll notice in this interview that Laura and I talk a lot about women, but her work absolutely applies to men too. And she actually styles quite a bit of men. So if you are a guy listening, just take some of our conversation about women, apply it to yourself, and know that this is absolutely for you as well. Before I hand over the episode uh, to our pre-recorded discussion, Laura and me, I want to tell you a little bit more about Laura. I'm going to read you some of her bio. Laura loves people and fashion. When she realized she could merge the two as a personal wardrobe stylist, her world became a hefty dose of happy. She built her company on a simple philosophy, great style is for everyone. The way you dress tells a story about how you choose to show up in this world. You get to craft your story and look good doing it. She is an island girl, Yaman, that's that's part of her bio, I love that, born and raised on the beautiful island of Jamaica. Her family immigrated to the U.S. at age 11. Now she lives in Boise, Idaho with her mountain man hubby who wears socks with sandals, she picks her battles, and their adorable stepdaughter, baby boy, lovable doggy, and six chickens. She loves to cook with tons of spices and flavor while listening to music that is too loud. 
So you are in for a treat. Here is my interview with Laura Tolley. Well, welcome, Laura. I'm so excited to get to have a conversation with you today all about style and all things Laura. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. I love being able to like hang out and chat with you and share the good. So good to be here. Well, I want to start out with hearing some of your story. I, obviously, I know it because we have been friends for, for quite some time. But I'd love for you to share with listeners how you got into running a wardrobe style business. What was the, the path that led you there? And I'm also curious, were you always so fashionable, even as a child? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, uh, to start, I was definitely not always fashionable. I think I've always been interested in style and fashion. And, you know, my mom, you know, one of the jobs that she did, she wore many hats was um, she was a seamstress. And so she made all of our, our uniforms for school and she would sew some of our clothing, always fabrics and those type of things in our in our little house. And um, I just remember always playing dress up and wanting to just create my own way of dressing, you know? Um, and oddly enough, like I, I never thought that I could actually do what I do for a living. I just kind of, throughout the process of like, you know, graduate school and college and then I, I I really thought that fashion was something that wasn't practical for me I mean I my, my parents were very practical people and they're like you get a good job graduate from college and you get a good job and then and then you go on <laughs> you know was just, that was just the just the way it is and I've I've always been really good at school so like School, doing school and the school process was never like challenging for me. So I was like, oh, I could go to college. Oh, okay, I can get A's, I can do this. But I never really thought extensively about wanting to do something that I was like passionate about. And so um, when I, I graduated with a degree in, in psych and health studies, which I did nothing with, and um, you know, I, I kind of meandered throughout the years doing different jobs that had nothing to do with fashion. And it wasn't until I would say 10 years ago where I happened to just get this uh, management job in um, at J crew and something about that experience of being there reminded me about not just, about fashion but how much I just love being around people and helping people and um, a few years in the management position the opportunity came for me to switch into a personal styling role and I was like absolutely I'll do that and I already had like people customers coming in and asking for me to to help them and it just felt it felt easy you know, it just felt really natural. It felt like, like this is just an extension of who I am. 
And um, so I just started working as a stylist full time at, at J. Crew, and eventually that kind of set set me towards the direction of what I wanted to do later on in my life. I and and my my I remember my husband saying to me, "You should just do this on your own," and I was like. You want me to do this on my own? <laughs> it just sounded so crazy to me. Like, like I don't even know where to start with that. And I, I eventually realized the starting point was just being okay with like not knowing how it would be, but just knowing that there was something there, and that I could create something that was like meaningful to me and to the clients that I serve through style. And, um, and so when I left J. Crew, um, it was really on terms that were either you stay and, you know, kind of do this like management thing or you just go into a regular sales role because they completely overhauled um, the personal stylist role. And it was kind of like this, um, I described it as like the push off of the, off of the cliff and for me i i had to decide um what i wanted to do with feeling like i was going to fall flat on my face and what i learned from that was that i had way more parachutes than i thought i did Mm. and that i wasn't going to self-destruct I was going to figure things out and how my personal styling business started was I realized that um, there was something there and that like through that kind of hardness of, 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 of trying to, you know, of leaving a new job and then figuring out, okay, do I start this new, new venture? I realized that failure was just part of that process. Um, and I, I kind of had to reconcile that in my own way. Mm, I love that story. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of times when you hear entrepreneurial stories there, they start with like, Oh, ever since I was a child, I was doing this entrepreneurial thing. And then I was in school and I knew I was going to start a business. And what I'm hearing you say, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting it wrong. So tell me if I am, but what I'm hearing you say is that you discovered this part of yourself later in life. Like you realized this path that maybe wasn't something that you had always imagined, which I think is such a cool and inspiring story. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, for me, it was, um, it was really just allowing myself to, to to recognize that that path to success or that path to finding what you want isn't this like well choreographed um dance it's actually quite clumsy and um and it's really it it really takes a lot of allowing yourself to be okay with not knowing a hundred percent what it will look like um but definitely leaning into the possibilities. And, um, and I think for, for some people that can be really hard because we just need that certainty. We need to know like what it's going to be. But I, I think for me, 
it evolved. It evolved once I started, once I started just meeting with clients and seeing what was out there and what was needed and, um, and kind of crafting my own version of um, what I wanted my business to look like. So what were some practical steps you took once you, you know, made that leap? You know, you just decided to, to take this leap because I, I hear that you left your position and you found that you had these parachutes, but what enabled those parachutes to open, to deploy yeah. so that you could land safely? Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was really interesting. One of the things that I did was um, I actually took a job um, at, a, um, at a building company. And what was wonderful about that was the owner of the company, because I, I, I used to help her at J. Crew, and I said, I'm no longer with J. Crew. And she was like, that is fantastic. I need you to come work for me. And I was Love. like, that's crazy. I don't, like, don't I, yeah, I was like, I don't know anything about, you know, real estate and building and, you know, but she, she was just a huge, um, to just uh, me seeing the, the bigger picture of potential, like, like, you know, what, when you studying, set, just being able to set myself up in a position where I can try something and put the work into it and see what I can make of it. And um, so, so oddly enough, like the practical starting point wasn't necessarily diving right into styling. It was just saying yes to possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, so when I worked there, I worked there for several months and it was like one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Like it was really hard. And I decided that if I was going to work this hard, like I should be doing something that I really love. And I, I knew like that fashion and, and styling people. I knew I, I know what looks good on people. I was like, I, I just know that I see the person and I know what looks good on them. So I said to myself, I was just like, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And um, so I did like all the practical things of, um, you know, you know, doing a website and, and getting, you know, my business name official. And, um, and then I started working on, a business plan and just trying to have this more um, more set idea of what 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 it could look like. It was a lot of typing and deleting <laughs> <laughs> and um, but um, but quite frankly, you know and and then I reached out to every single person that I knew. You know, once I officially created what I wanted, as far as the visual goes, I reached out to every single person to let them know what I'm doing and the start of my new business. And, um, and just, I just hit the ground running from there. Um, and what was really cool was um, I just listened to my clients too, who were people who were like, yes, I want to, I want to work with you. And, you know, or the, and the clients that said, 
no, I don't think this is right for me. You know, I listened to them too, you know, because over the years, you know, I've just learned so much more about the value of what no um, means to me mm. as a, as a business person um, and as an, as a solo entrepreneur. Yeah. If you, if you listen to that, no, with openness, I think it's, it can be so powerful, but first you have to ask the question. Right. And right. I, I think what's, what's so powerful about what you shared in just reaching out to your network is that you reached out. I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who are confused about why they aren't getting customers or clients or business. And when I ask them, you know, have you announced your business to your network of, of you know, have you sent out an email to people that you care about? A lot of times I get no, which is surprising to me. And I think underneath that, there's that fear, right? The yeah. fear of judgment or fear of criticism. And in order to be successful in your business, you have to put it out there and take that yeah. risk of, you know, people judging or yeah. what, what's really cool too, is that a lot of times you'll find that your second tier friends, so like maybe not your immediate best friends, closest friends, mm -hmm. but these people that are maybe one layer out are often people who are your like biggest champions and rallying mm -hmm. around you and sending you people. And, and you can't know that unless you're willing to reach out and send the email and make the phone call and send the text. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. It requires a lot of um, like that heart on the sleeve um, approach, you know, and, um, and I think that that says something about being um, an entrepreneur. I mean, it says that um, what you do you care so much about what you do that you're willing to put everything out there on the line, um, and um, and and it, and and it matters, you know, it matters because clients want someone who, yes, you're bringing that value of you're you're meeting a need that they that they want, you know, that you're 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 solving that pain point of whatever issue they're they're having but they also want a person that they feel like is committed to the work that they do, mm -hmm. um, you know? And so um, I think it's just one of those experiences of um, reminding ourselves that, um, that, that human approach is still there, you know, and, um, and you can't, um, that idea of feeling I don't want people to see me fail is more about how we feel about um, what we're experiencing as opposed to really what, what other people are thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes to everything. Yes to everything <laughs> you just said. Absolutely agree with all of that. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and hear about your unique approach to wardrobe style. And I want to share with listeners just how much of an impact you've had on me. We met back in 2017, was it 16, 17, I think. 17. Um, you styled me for my TEDx talk and I'd been hearing about you from our mutual friend, Nancy Buffington who kept telling me, you and Laura need to meet. She's amazing. She's inspiring. She's, she had all these wonderful things to 
say about you. And we met at a Banana Republic. Actually, I think it was outside of the Banana Republic. I, I think that's the first time we met. We were in the mall. Yes. Yeah. You were wearing like a fantastic outfit. And um, I think your hair was natural at the time. So you just yeah. had this like presence when you walked down. And I was like, oh my God, she looks stunning. And you just have this like air about you. And then we met and you styled me and you spoke just this like uh, permission into my life at that time. I had been very much um, hiding behind dull clothing is the only way I can explain it. My experience in my early career was that when I show, when I originally like kind of started out in my career, I would dress very nice, like uh, I would the best that I knew at the time anyway. And I found that it made me feel like I was getting looked at, like in a in a way that wasn't a workplace look, right? And so. Mm-hmm. I started dressing myself like to cover myself and almost hide beauty and hide like femininity so that I could be taken seriously. That was essentially, I didn't realize this. I wasn't doing this intentionally. I, it was subconsciously. I knew how I felt in this skirt and I knew how I felt in this, in these slacks. And it wasn't that at my anything about how I felt in my body. It was how I felt other people were perceiving me and my intelligence. And I wanted my intelligence to be center stage. I didn't want my appearance to be the center of attention. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had all these like in now that I look back, very skewed ideas about what it means to dress myself and what it means to, um, care about my body and myself. Um, and, we we met we worked together for that one thing and then we became friends and um what i think is so powerful about your work is that you you're just like so real and so empowering i'm curious where you got that from like how did you form this so number one what is your like your philosophy of style and number two where did that come from yeah um, well, first, like, it was so wonderful just, like, being able to, like, I'm so happy for that gift of uh, TEDx and that meeting of <laughs> yeah. being able to meet you. And because I feel like we were able to just form this really great relationship and friendship. Um, but I, I think, um, I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to to style um, is that it's such a mindset thing, right? And it and it and and so and so that shift in the mindset that style somehow has become for just a certain group of people or a certain type of person. And for me, with the work that I do, with all the clients that I work with, stylists for everyone. Stylists for everyone and everyone deserves to know that the space that they take up is of value and it is relevant they have a story to share and they are going to craft and share that story in their own unique way and what the style can do is that it can support that story and it could be in a language that is that is relevant to who you are. 
So it's not Stacy being like Laura. It's Stacy being the best version of Stacy. And that is a gift to the people that you meet, the people that you serve, your clients, because you're no longer tethered by the idea of, I need to compromise parts of who I am in order to show up in certain ways. You're now removing those, those feelings and allowing all of you to show up in this really robust way. Um, and it's incredibly freeing, you know? And, um, and I think that's what, I think that's what great style can do. Yeah. I love it. I love, <laughs> love everything. I love everything about that. And I, I agree with you now. I didn't get that back then. I, I didn't really understand that, um, paying attention to how I dressed myself and learning what I felt great in and uh, streamlining my style, my wardrobe, so that I had only things I love in my closet. And um, I bought shoes that I actually liked and, you know, just small and big things like that. I didn't really understand that back then. And you have influenced me so much in that area. But I'm still curious about my second part of that question, which is yeah. how did you form that? How did you form that? Because most uh, most women grow up shamed by their bodies. Like we are told to cover up. We're told to not be distracting. I, I remember I, um, I, I almost got kicked out of church camp as a kid because I was like distracting the boys, you know, things like that, yeah. that um, we're constantly shamed for our bodies. And so what was it in your upbringing or your adulthood that led you to that perspective? I think part of it was my, my mom always really gave me a sense of, um, of identity. She always gave me that space to really figure out who I am and, 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 and how I wanted to show up. I mean, even the way that I, that I dressed, she would, you know, I, she was never like, you can't wear this or you wear this or this is not for you or girls don't wear that there was just never that kind of thing um growing up so I felt I feel like what what it gave me was this like um this freedom honestly to to find my way and to find what I just what I felt I trusted myself I trusted the way I clothed my body even when I look at pictures of myself in high school, I'm wearing these like high-waisted ashen washed jeans with like, you know, an oversized like pink sweatshirt and like red high top Reeboks. I look at that, that I'm really like- really stylish. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. I was, like, I'm like, I would totally wear that right now. And, right. I, and I, could see, I could see the certainty in, and, and confidence in how I felt in that picture you know? And I think that's something that gets depleted over time. Like we have that confidence. We have that certainty about who we are. And as we grow up um, and we have different experiences, certain things pull away from that and, 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 um, and subtract away from that. 
And I think that it takes us reminding ourselves that that worthiness and that confidence is still there. And sometimes we have to work a little bit harder at it, you know, mm. but um, I think ultimately that's what helped lead me to where I am today and why I, 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 I work with clients in the way that I do and my philosophy when it comes to, to style and, and the intentionality about how we clothe our, clothe our bodies because ultimately I've recognized that at the end of the day, even though what I do revolves around clothing and, and style, that the core of it is, is you, is the person. And through my experiences, I've learned that it doesn't matter how incredibly amazing an outfit is. It could be the most lavish, the most expensive, the most wonderful, that if you don't feel like you deserve and are worthy of wearing it and you don't feel um, or believe that who you are is relevant of of being so fabulous <laughs> you know then then it then it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter you know so um so at the core of style at the core of good style it's not the clothes, it's you. And I think that's, and I think that's, that's hard for a lot of women in particular because yeah. ultimately what I say to my clients is that it's not that the clothes, um, so the clothing and the brands, um, we in some ways kind of outsource who we are to them. Can you show me what looks good on my body? And ultimately, I put that power back to the to my clients. It's I put that power back to you that it is in our best interest to learn our bodies. It is in our best interest to to know what um, feels good on our bodies because it's the one that we have, you know, and so. Um, I think that that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of women because we have to get really personal and intimate with our bodies and, um, and how we're used to communicating with it is to put blinders on the parts that we don't love. Or, um, we say like, you know, like when you shop for, um, when you go shopping for clothing, you're shopping to hide the parts of your body that you love as opposed to shopping to celebrate the parts of your body that you love. And that process of learning to love the skin that we're in, it is a process, it's a journey, right? And, and I tell you, you get, way, you get so much closer to embracing who you are when you come from a lens, from the lens of, I'm going to acknowledge the parts of my body that I love and appreciate. And those parts of my body that I love and appreciate will help me love and appreciate the parts of my body 
that I don't care so much about, you know, it's like you're casting just a better net, you know, and it makes, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. I know um, in the past I've heard you refer to celebratory assets, which I love that phrase, this idea of finding parts of your body that you love and really focusing on those. The other thing that I've seen you do, because we have the um, honor of leading Next Level Women Leaders together, a leadership training, I've seen you um, highlight these celebratory assets on women who didn't recognize that they had them. I mean, it's just kind of amazing to watch you take small, make small changes or adjustments to just the way that a shirt is tucked or Mm -hmm. where pants hit somebody that really helps them feel really confident in their clothing, which I mean, that translates into how you show up in the workplace, how you have conversations at your confidence level. There's a reciprocity there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And just like, you know, when you, when you learn how clothing should lay on your body, it is like you are giving this, um, you're giving this uh, freedom to, to being able to just select and, and, and recognizing that because when it comes like style, there's so much, right? The volume of what's out there is so plentiful mm-hmm. and it can be so overwhelming. Um, but when you learn how things should lay on your body, it allows you to just be able to, I call it just like bullseye, you know, like exactly what looks good on you. And you realize that when you go into the store and you feel overwhelmed, that it was okay. Like all of those things are not for you. And that's good. A lot of those things aren't for you. And you can select exactly what works instead of having 10, 15 options, you have the five best options. And that's so freeing, (laughs) you know, so freeing. So it should feel like when you go into a store, there should feel this sense of empowerment when you shop because choosing what looks good on your body shouldn't be this like um, afterthought. It should be what's leading you as you go into the store. I know what works on my body, so I will know what to choose. And it's, and then it becomes much more intentional as opposed to, I see something on the mannequin. I think that might work. And then two hours later, there's frustration, you know, that kind of stuff. So let's assume that listeners at this point are really excited to get more intentional about their wardrobe. And I know we've been talking a lot about women, but you work with men too, and yes. I, I would love to hear some advice for both women and men on just maybe three to five steps they can take or pieces of advice if they're ready to kind of explore being more intentional with their style. Yeah, yeah. I would say my, my, first, um, my first biggest advice is, um, is really to embrace your right now. And what I mean by that is that 
sometimes there's this feeling of, you know, um, I will work on my wardrobe or how I dress my body when I lose weight or when I get this promotion or when I switch into this new house or when, when the when eyes. And um, I think recognizing, first of all, that you deserve to feel great right now, wherever you are, um, is like a really, really important start. Um, and then the next, the next thing is just a little bit more practical um, is going through your closet. I think for a lot of people, they're just like, I, I don't even know where to start. And I, you know, you don't have to like go through your entire closet, but I think just set aside maybe an hour and, um, and just start to go through um, pieces that you have in your closet and ask yourself these three questions. Um, have I worn it in the last three to six months? Is it currently, is it relevant for my lifestyle right now? Like, was this you four and a half years ago? You know? Um, and the, the last is, does it make me feel good right now? So if this, if this is an item that it's a size that you were two years ago, and it's still sitting in your closet and you haven't worn it, it is defining a moment um, in your life that, um, that doesn't necessarily define who you are right now. And what I mean by that is that um, sometimes we, we, we and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about sizing because sometimes there's this feeling of, somehow I am better, somehow I was more valuable at this size that I was two years ago than I am right now. And it is so important to shift that mindset that at whatever size you are, your value and worth stays constant. And you are going to do the work to show up as your best self right now. So doing that bit of kind of gets rid of the noise of pieces of clothing in your wardrobe that they're just, they're, they're taking up space. They're taking up physical space and they're also taking up mental space. So closet edit for sure. Um, and I also think the, the, the other part is, is just realizing that like style can look so many different ways. It can be fun and eclectic. It can be simple and minimalist. It can be a little bit of the in-between. Like you have such, there's so many different arenas of like how you can show up and, and, and be stylish. I mean, ultimately it just comes down to, do I know what looks good on my body? And then can I choose those items of style that I, that fit the arena that I want to be in, whether it's like bold and eclectic, that looks great on me. So I think like once you start to distill um, um, that process of, um, of, of where you would want to be style-wise, because we all, we all know, we gravitate towards that sweater or 
we, you know, it's like, I wear these pants all, like I look, like every time I go into a closet and I ask the client to like, pick me your favorite outfit. This is like, you wear this, you just, you like, you just gravitate towards it. And what's awesome about when they show me this outfit, it's like exactly what I want them to be in, you know? So you, you instinctively know where I come in is just like, how do we have more of that goodness? How do we like break open this, like, um, this little viewpoint that you've already had of what feels and looks great on you so that it's more robust and it's not just like two pieces of item in your closet and it's your entire closet. So you've been talking about working with clients and I'd love for you to share about how you work with clients, um, in what capacities you do that. And then I'd also love to hear some of your favorite places to shop because I know that's a, a question a lot of us have. Where do we actually find clothes? So what, what places do you shop for your clients? Yeah. And do you often recommend people to shop? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the first question, um, so I, I work with, with clients on two bases. It's either um, some, some clients just need like a little one-on-one -on -one mini zhuzhing session. Um, so I do like a mini style session with clients where um, they don't need me for the entire year. They just need me for a little starter to just get a jump start. Like, Laura, just tell me what works, you know? Um, so I work with clients that way. And then I work with clients on like a long-term basis where I just take care of all of their wardrobe and styling needs. And these are clients that just have, um, they don't have a lot of time. And so I basically just um, give them, I, I call it just extending their bandwidth, like give them back the space that they need to focus on the things that are most important in their life. Um, and I take care of the, you will always look good part. Um, so that's the other way that I, that I work with clients. Um, I would say, um, oh my gosh, I have so many. So I shop a lot online for, for clients. Um, but one of my, one of my favorite um, all-inclusive um, stores to shop at is Shop Bop. Shop Bop? Shop Bop. So it's shop Bop, okay. Yeah, S-H-O-B-B-O-P. And um, I also love, um, these are definitely higher end um, um, stores, but Shopbop has like a variety of, of, of price points. Um, but Net-A-Porter um, is another one. And um, I love, um, there's a brand called Other Stories. And it's just a great, I actually use that brand a lot for, um, for clients who reach out to me who are really young, they're just starting, um, you know, they just graduated college. And I, it's like, I just love that they reached out to me um, because I'm like, I don't think I was even thinking about that when I, when I, when I graduated yeah, good for college. Them. Yeah. So just being more intentional about what they buy um, and just being a more conscious um, consumer. And, um, so, um, I go through other stories and, um, I also love club Monaco is, um, is another one, um, that has like really great, um, 
professional wear, but it's also really stylish and practical that you can, you know, use it for work and, and for play. Those are great. I'll be sure to snag those links from you later so I can drop them in the show notes. Um, That's wonderful. One thing I didn't hear you mention about the way you work with clients is I know you do destination shopping trips and you also do corporate trainings. So sometimes companies will bring you in to style their new hires or their teams. And so I know you've done a lot of work in those areas as well. Yes. Yes, I have. Um, uh, the destination shopping is like slightly in a hill with, with COVID, but that's changing. Here. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Very soon, we hope. Um, and yes, I've um, been able to, I think, you know, uh, companies and corporations are just really wanting um, their, their team to have, um, to have some support and say about how they're showing up as individuals. Um, and I think that you know, with the work that I do, it gives them, um, it allows for them to, to merge the, 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 the process of who they are as a brand and as a company with who their team is as individuals. And so it's really cool because, you know, you, you get this very, um, this more, this merging of, um, of, of, individual identity along with um um with with how they are showing up um as they reflect um their brand and company and so it's it's really fun and i really enjoy enjoy doing it and i think too just like i think when people think about professional wear they think it i don't know they think it might not be so fun (laughs) yes you know and and so i think perspective of that like what you wear to work and just what you wear for your life can be this really great wonderful thing and that you don't have to like settle um and just make do with like it can be really intentional and it can be really fun and you can feel and look good um and um and that's a win-win for for not just you, but for the people that you're showing up for as well. Absolutely. I, I love that. I, I think that's such an amazing perk for companies to offer their employees to, to bring somebody like you in and for people to learn through you that style can actually be so fun and enjoyable and it can actually feel good to get dressed. Laura, where yeah. can people learn more about you and follow you on social media? They can learn more about me at my website. Um, it's lauratully.co, that's dot co, um, and on Instagram at the same handle of lauratully.co. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation and just all of your inspiration, words of wisdom about style. I know that our listeners learned a lot. Hopefully they're excited to go dig into their wardrobes now. Yes, yes. We're going to... We're going to check in, aren't we? (laughs) Thanks, Laura. Okay, thanks a lot, Stacey. Thanks for having me. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Catherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible, and I'm grateful. 
You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.